get chasing better. No matter where I go, I want you to know that I'm out here chasing better. I'm gonna take this far. Today is where I start. In my home, I'm better. Every day, I'm better. What can I say I'm better? I'm chasing better, better, better. better. In my life, I'm better. Living dreams, I'm better. What do I mean? I'm better. I'm chasing better, 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 better. Well, hey, everybody, this is Corey Baker, and you are listening to the Chasing Better podcast. So glad to have you on today, each and every week. Uh, I come to you, sometimes I have special guests, sometimes I talk alone, uh, and really just kind of share about things that I feel are important that are going on in the world today. Uh, You may have heard this, maybe you don't, but I wrote a book about a year ago called Chasing Better, and really the whole premise of the book is about assisting people to become the best version of themselves. And I feel like there's so many different ones of it, all of us really that have in common. There's the person that we are and there's the person that we want to be. And more often than not, there is a large gap that separates those things. And it's my goal through adding value to shorten that gap a little bit, to help everybody become more like the person that they are trying to be. And uh, today I'm excited. And, and honestly, um, I, I don't, here's a great introduction. I don't really like talking about the topic that we're going to talk about, but it's an important one. Uh, Those that know me the best would know that normally when this discussion comes up, I kind of retreat a little bit and it's not necessarily something that fascinates me a great deal. And yet I know that it is one that is very, very important, especially the time that we live in and especially the year that we live in. Uh, This is 2020 and that means it's an election year. And if you've been watching the news or getting on social media, you've seen people that have had a, a lot of opinions about politics. Uh, one thing that I know is that uh, everyone has an opinion about politics. Even no opinion about politics is still an opinion about politics. And we've had a crazy cycle. We, we've got someone pretty polarizing, love him or hate him. He's polarizing in the White House. We've had impeachments and we're, we're having a primary and um, we, we've got people ripping up state of the union speeches and people refusing to shake hands with others. And it's just an interesting time to be alive. And yet in spite of that, um, we, we have a lot of people that we know that are friends with us that vastly disagree with us on the subject of politics. In fact, I can guarantee you that there's probably somebody in your life, someone in your family, someone in your friendship circle that is close to you, that is about as opposite on the political end of the spectrum as you as possible, and is that okay? So I wanna uh, have uh, my amazing friend, Drew Epperson, uh, who we have known each other for 20 years, and we have been in dialogue. We've talked about some challenging things, both just together and also with a, a group of friends, and. Uh, we've been down this road and um, sometimes we agree and sometimes we don't, but I thought, hey, it'd be really great to have just a little discussion today as we go into this next several month season of politics and watching debates and seeing results from elections and watching social media feeds and hearing opinions and how do we live in all that? So Drew, welcome. Thanks for joining me today. 
Dude, thanks for that, man. It's an honor to be a part of this. And dude, we go but we go way back, man. We go back 20 plus years. We've got a lot of history there. We have had lots of discussions around this particular topic. And to be quite honest with you, uh, I really didn't get that interested into politics uh, up until Trump came into the White House, probably up until about 14 or 15, 2014 or 15, did I start to really start take some interest into this conversation. So I'm kind of interested to see how this thing plays out. And I know with all the discussions you and I have had, uh, it, it's just interesting because of personality makeups, uh, the way we've been nurtured from our families to even the geographical location in which you are born and raised. Dude, there are so many different um, factors that play into the makeup of why it is we believe what we believe and who it is we vote for and why that's important to each one of us. So I mean, I'm kind of excited to see where this goes. Yeah, me too. I, I'm, I'm really excited and I, I don't really know uh, what to expect, but uh, we're just, we're just going <laughs> to dive into it. And, and here's the deal. Um, maybe just share it and, and don't, don't feel like you have to um, just so people can um, kind of have a reference, a frame of reference of, of you and a little bit of your story. Uh, we, we met in school, both training to be pastors. Both of us were pastors. Both of us no longer are pastors. But maybe give us just a two or three minute kind of rundown of where you're at now and, and kind of what you're doing in life and, and maybe just kind of throw in about how all of that has maybe shaped and, and would you say it's accurate to say that your opinion and your politics have changed as you've gotten older? <laughs> oh, for sure. All right. So quickly, I was born and raised in a pastor's home, conservative, evangelical, Christian home was my background. My dad, who is 80, my mom, who is 73. So I've got older parents raised with very, what I would call Midwest country typical Christian values uh, in my life. I'm the youngest of four kids. I have an older brother and two older sisters. And through the years, I can remember there being strong, major political conservative values uh, in our home, patriarchal conservative values. Uh, you know, the man is the head of the home uh, and really kind of one to two main topics that you voted on. And one of those, you know, being about abortion, the unborn, and the other one being fiscal responsibility with your money. And I can remember those two things really being, oh, and freedom of religion, of course, to be able to express that openly and in a public sort of context to not be uh, what we would have deemed um, persecuted back in the day for a kind of belief that you would carry. And through the years, I've gone through a series of evolutions of changes of philosophies, changes of religion, changes of political understandings, getting married, having my own kids, starting my own family, moving. Um, and the reason why all that's important, I even bring that up, is because of kind of what I stated earlier. Where you live has a lot to do with what you believe and what it is you were handed. The kind of culture I was raised in South Chicago and that in it of itself had a very particular subculture of how things went 
So even within a very blue city, I found myself still surrounded by very red conservative values, uh, you know, being mainly predominantly Catholicism in the area that I was raised. I, rem I had lots of friends and the conversations that we would talk about and you just become a product of that environment. So I bring that up because through the years of having now my own family, having moved, now I live in Nashville, Tennessee, it's just fascinating to see how all of this plays out over time. And to say where I stand now is very different than even what I was handed at a young age. And there's a lot of iterations that I kind of went through, a lot of evolving, a lot of transformation personally, of my own personal beliefs, of my own values, of my own understanding of what things are and why that's important. And so many factors add into that, that when you start to have this conversation and you just look at your own pieces of your own story alone, you begin to realize how complex this issue can become. That people want to make it about a right or left, a blue or a red. And it's like, what part of our world is that simple? And I think we're, you know, if you want to just jump in here, I feel like part of the divisiveness and a lot of this energy is coming from is that we're placing so much emphasis on where do you stand? And if you stand there, then you are apparently opposed to 100% of everything on the other side. Right. And I just am like, there's nothing in this world that is that black and white. I really don't know what in this world becomes that black and white. And you can begin to start to see and where I would even start to go empathize with the reality that each one of us are carrying so much um, history, baggage, trauma, and all the above with us that it really begins to color the lenses in which we begin to see this particular topic through. Right. It's interesting, and I'm about to say something that's going to be really polarizing, and people aren't going to like it. But you know, you you mentioned that, and I've here's the deal. It's interesting because I'm just going to be honest. I and I don't I don't ever on my social media pages or any of those kind of things share about where I land um, politically. But I will say that I find myself in the middle a lot, which honestly, I don't think a lot of people like that because we kind of live in this world where it's, hey, dude, pick a side. Like, are you, are you with us or are you against us? You know, and, and there's this sense of, you know, people on both sides, and I can understand why it's so polarizing because you got people on the far right that look at anyone that's on the left as a baby killer. And you've got people on the far left that look at anyone on the far right as if they're a racist, homophobic, um, out of touch snowflake. And I guess my question is, does it have to be that way? And is that true? Like, do you find that you have been able to forge connections with people that believe strongly the opposite of what you believe? And is that even possible today? Yeah, I think that's a good question. And here's what I find interesting because a lot, because I can really only speak from my perspective and I never want to come across as if I am speaking with broad strokes and categ generally categorizing people because I think that's about as inhuman as you can get. So two things for me, number one, I do find myself a lot in the middle 
But then I had to ask myself, well, why do I find myself there? And for me, I began to look at things through the lens of going, well, one of the major reasons, and this would probably be years ago, why I stood in the middle was because I never really wanted to come out as having an opinion or having a stance at the expense of losing some friendships. Right. So I played this kind of general role where if I was with Democrats, I could speak to where they would think I was in favor of the Democrats. You put me in a room with Republicans, I could speak in a way that they would think, oh, well, clearly this guy is Republican and just like us. But if you were to really pull me aside and ask me my true thoughts, man, for a while there, it was like, I don't know. Like, yeah. I can literally see both sides of this conversation, and I get where people are coming from. And what I begin to realize and understand is that, and even in my own life, people fear what they don't understand. We fear what we don't understand. And when we don't understand the other side and we don't get to know the story, the background, uh, you know, even Jana brought up to me, uh, apparently Colorado just yesterday, the day before, passed, man, and, and, and I apologize for not knowing the details of this, but they passed a particular law uh, about abortions and it just infuriated the Republicans, the right side, particularly the far right side. And Jana came up to me and she was like, you know, ever since I was a kid, I would always sit there and wonder why, if somebody truly was just about killing babies, like if that was their main motivation, why is it? Mm -hmm. You know, what, what is it about us thinking, oh, you are a baby killer? Like as if somebody sets out every single day with the purpose and the intention to literally kill babies. Right. Like, when you start to think about it, you go, that just doesn't make any sense, which then drove us on this quest of going, seeking to understand where is this coming from? And I think within that particular concept of figuring out me finding myself in the middle simply because, man, I see both sides, but I really don't carry a personal belief myself. I kind of cherry pick from either side, but then you cherry pick and realize, well, there's really no place for me to be. Does that put me kind of in the independent? Does that put me, you know, in, in what category? And I think we're starting to find out through particularly these last four to five years that there are a lot of different categories that exist that have not been created. Does that make sense? Yeah. And you know what's interesting? I actually had a discussion with someone recently that's a very close friend and they were like, hey, I think you got to pick sides. And I said, well, I kind of am. I'm picking the side that I don't like that we only have two sides. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't like that there's – that I don't like the um, – the system, the two-party system that we have created, that it has to be black or white, whichever side black is or whatever side white is, and that, that, that's not relating to a, a race that's just relating to an option, you know, good or bad, you know, whatever. Um, I feel like there's got to be more than that. And I'm, I'm just, you know, I feel like there's a group of people now that find themselves just kind of asking questions and saying, hey, wait a minute, um, is there another option here? And can we get to a place that we can be open and honest and have some dialogue? And this is, this is, listen, make, I said this at the beginning. I don't think that there's one, you could think that the president is the most amazing president we've ever had. I happen to disagree, but you can think that. And I understand. But one thing you can't disagree with me on is that the dude's polarizing. Mm -hmm. He 
has an opinion and he sticks to that opinion and he um, is pretty interested in what he has to say. Now, again, I can guarantee you that as a result of this podcast, I am going to get some messages from people that are leaning right, telling me why I should agree with them. And I'm going to get some messages from people that are leaning left, telling me why I should agree with them. And the honest answer to that is I find myself on a journey and I've said all along, I, I really honestly believe this. And I don't know if you can agree with this or not, but I find, I honestly think that the first party, this is one of the reasons I liked Andrew Yang so much. The first party or the first person that raises their hand and points at the issues that they are creating and the problems that their party has caused and that they are part of the problem and that they are deserve part of the blame. That's who I'm voting for. Hmm. Honestly, believe that I am for personal responsibility. And to me, I don't care because it's crazy. I find myself swinging back and forth where one day I'm just completely fed up with one side of the aisle and the next day I'm completely fed up with the other one. And I just am honest to the point of saying I'm tired of it all. And the thing that tires me out the most is when a group of people stand in a room and look at each other and say, I didn't do it. You did. No, I didn't do it. You did. Well, you said this, so I'm going to say this. And it's just exhausting. And so that's honestly where I'm at. But you know, and it's interesting because if you think about what has created this uh, attention is the polarizing um, approach in which our current president is, is approaching things. And to a certain degree, I agree with you. And yet I sit here and go, and yet if it wasn't for that, he has created an awareness amongst a lot of people. And that awareness is you've got a third who is against, a third who is for, and this third in the middle that is, has been undecided and very quiet for decades, I would even say. Like every year I can remember people going, guys, get out and vote. Guys, get out and vote. People, guys, I'm going to use the general term, right. guys, men and women. People, get out and vote. And there's always been this, like, where is this space of people that are quiet and just comes across like they don't give a rip about what is going on in our country? It almost as if we're having to beg people to participate in a democratic system that is built to empower the individual. And yet for some reason, there is a large group of people that don't feel empowered or don't feel as if their voice really matters. Like, okay, I'm gonna show up. And I mean, how many people have ever thought this before? What's the point of showing up? My vote doesn't count, I'm just one person, right? And that feeds in, I think, to this larger narrative that I believe is coming to a head all the, it's pressurizing and it's coming to this point of it's breaking and it's yet to determine which way it's going to break. And the interesting part of this, the, the way in which this democratic system, which I love, but I also think it's exposing a lot of the flaws and that the democratic system is needing to undergo maybe a, um, 
different approach, a revamping that for so long. And I think the reason it's needing, because if you think about it, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 years ago, you had, um, you had the uh, Russia, right? You had communism, you had a uh, democratic system that was in uh, America, and then you had uh, another system that were all vying for each other. And through these different iterations, uh, this democratic system has proven itself to be true. But what I think we're starting to experience is a shift in culture, a shift in people. And I think one of the major things that keeps surfacing is this discussion around how we're going to govern ourselves as humans and as people, particularly this being the democratic system. And so, you know, I heard one time somebody say, beliefs divide us, but values draw us closer right. together. And I like what you said, because when you were bringing up Andrew Yang, and you said, basically what I heard you say, you didn't say, but I value taking responsibility. And everything I've been listening recently to this podcast called the United States of Anxiety. Mm. It's a podcast discussing this whole topic about where we're at in our politics. And every single time they talk and every single person they interview, basically they're saying, vote your values. Right. And it's just interesting because how many of our values you know, I think that's an even interesting conversation because they, they differ so, uh, so greatly between each individual. Yeah, right. I mean, so we, we all value, you know, some things more, more than others. And um, I just think it's, again, it's such a, a fascinating um, topic and it's, it's really going to be a, an interesting six to seven months over the course of what leads up to November, just to kind of see um, what's going to happen. I mean, I, I have a personal opinion. I don't want to necessarily get into that right now about who I think is going to win and why. Um, but I just, I really think that it's going to be interesting. And I think all of this stuff is going to get worse before it gets better. And I'm not an alarmist and I'm not a doomsday guy or all these kind of things, but I just, you know, I, I really look at the state of our country and I look at the division. Um, and again, you, you, you got to take responsibility. If you're someone on the right, you got to take responsibility that you have a leader that is stoking this division. Now you can call it whatever you want, but he is not making an effort to bring our country together. He's not. Now, could he be right? I don't know. And I guess that's kind of part of it is I have a really like, one of the things that I think you've helped me a lot with, because there's been some candidates that I don't really like at all that you've listened to some things and you've said to me, Hey, listen, take away all the preconceived ideas that you have about this person and just listen. And I've done that. And I don't think we have a lot of people doing that. I don't think we have a lot of people that are throwing away because so much of this is based on fear. It's crazy. Yes. You know, but like we look at this and it's like, Trump gets elected four more years and we're going to have World War III. Yeah, or the apocalypse. You know, or the, the apocalypse. The is, or, you know, if the Democrats get elected, we're going to be a socialist country and yeah, we're going to be Venezuela in two years. Like, is it, does it, are those the only options? Right. I mean, is that it? That, I don't like either. Yeah. Well, and I think what I, what I have taken away from this whole last four years has been, it's time to educate myself on what the options are 
and why those are important to me. And that has been really what has opened me up to, you know, before, again, the way I was raised was you don't listen to opposing sides because that could lead you down a destructive path that opens your mind to destructive behaviors and thinking that is going to lead this world to hell in a handbasket. Right. And through, uh, I guess, maturing beyond that mindset and that approach, I've really opened myself up to go, what, what are they trying to accomplish? What is it that each one of these candidates, Democratic, Republican, um, what are they trying to expose the, the gaps, the holes, the, the things in our world that they're trying to make better and really trying to understand that from a different perspective. You know, you hear the term or you hear Bernie Sanders thrown out and what's your first thought, Corey? Socialism. He's a socialist. Yeah. He's going to raise my taxes and, uh, you know, and, and we're going to become, you know, Venezuela in two years. Yes, exactly. You hear Biden. What's the first thing you think of? Old white guy. Okay. <laughs> well, and what I would add on to that is <laughs> much of the same, right? An old white guy that's going to bring much of the same things and we're just playing Pong back and forth. Right. It's like we keep exchanging one thing back for another. So it's interesting because when we all have these conditioned responses that culture, media, um, anything we listen to, right? We're informed by those things. But when you begin to, and I don't think any of those things are wrong. I really don't. I think culture can help inform things. I think media can help inform things. I think there's all sorts of things that can help inform us, but the challenge we have to do is go beyond the socialist, Bernie Sanders, the old white guy who's just going to give us much of the same, Biden, and go, let's keep digging here. Why is it that we have the, the situation we have today? And I think it's fair to do that with even Trump. And I can honestly say I have tried to do that from my perspective, and now Corey, come on, dude, we're, let, let's just call it what it is. We are privileged white people, God, yep. let's just call that for what yep. it is. And I get it, and I understand that, and I, and I totally put that into the equation in which I am coming from, which is why it is so vitally important to ask all sorts of questions from people who are not like me, so right. that I can better understand why there are all these different options out there instead of my brain just going, well, dude, just dot it up. It's either this or it's that. And it's like, no, because now you're just thinking through your, your, uh, your own framework in which it has been created and how it's been nurtured into you. But then you start talking to a lady or a woman who is a single, uh, having to work two jobs, and barely paying the bills, getting her water turned off, electricity turned off, and you begin to talk to her about what politics looks like, dude, it's going to look a lot different than what my perspective on politics looks like. Or hey, it's, it's such an interesting... Go ahead. Yeah, no, I get, I get it. So, what were you, yeah, you going to say about African-American community? No, I was just going to say, you begin to talk to somebody in the African-American community, and dude, you can get a completely yeah. different perspective. What I'm saying here is what started off as this black and white, this one side, the other side, it turns into this 
holy crap, there is a really nuanced conversation that must take place, which is why politics cannot be this, dude, it just makes sense. Why don't you just do this? Because that's your frame of reference. But there are so many other frames of references that a lot of these politicians are having to work with inside of, and I can begin to see and understand how this can get super dicey, super crazy, and super difficult to navigate because of all these nuances and these realities that get thrown into the mix. Yeah, and, and I've, I've done that. I will, I will honestly say that through discussions that I've had with some different people, that has led to me changing what I have. I, and I've made it, and I've, you know, I, I have made it a point to have some conversations with people that have historically believed different things about me. Um, or, or different things than me in regards to politics, in regards to religion. I, I have done my best to have some conversations with people that uh, are, are different uh, ethnicities in me as me. And I understand, you know, the, the frame of reference they have and the, the frame of reference of what the, the, the reality that they've had that is completely different than the reality that I've had. I get why there is a thought process with that. And, um, and I'm not saying it's right or I'm not saying it's wrong. I think that's one thing about politics that I think it's interesting is that, you know, there's, there's one thing that I kind of walk into something and that is this, is it possible that that issue that you care so much about, is it possible that either a you're wrong about it or B that there's another way to view it? Because if you think that there, that you're, you were hundred percent right. And there's no other way to view it. You're going to be a tough person to have a discussion with. Because I think there's a lot of people that honestly believe that. I'm 100% right. You're 100% wrong. Great. Where do we go from here? Well, and, and even to that point, dude, I can remember sitting there going, like, if I would have heard you say that, and you put me six, seven years ago, and I just heard you say that sentence, or frame it in that way, I would immediately go to, but Corey, there is no discussion around baby killing. Right. It is wrong. No, I will not be open to that. You know, my text that I was raised with, it says this, I firmly carry this belief and there will be no moving me on this and almost, you know, taking a sense of pride within the fact that I'm not open to that. Right. And now having opened myself to the reality of going, why does that woman want to go do that? Right. And sitting down and actually having the conversation and listening to the story you and opening yourself up to listening and truly empathizing and putting yourself in a position as much as you can to the point at which you can, it begins to open up parts of you to be more inclusive to those who don't look, act, uh, talk, vote, and anything else like you. And anytime you do that, that's a good thing. And I'm not trying to ever convince anybody to change their opinions. I'm always trying to stay focused on, am I open and am I being inclusive in whatever decision that I'm making? I am trying to be less of this impetuous sort of just smash and grab, of course it's dead wrong. Well, have you stopped and taken some time to search it out and to really ask the questions? Because 
at the end of the day, you can still carry that value, that belief, whatever that thing is for you. But my God, at least open yourself up to that conversation and at least be a person who becomes informed, not just through the media and reading. And again, nothing wrong with that. Is there fake news? Sure, of course. There's, are, are there things that uh, are not helpful? Yep, of course. But what about that woman who is on your kid's soccer team who was a single, barely, a single mom, barely paying the bills, and you begin to talk with them and ask them questions, and you begin to peer into their world? Dude, you can't help but be changed by the reality that there are people who don't live like me, and for somebody who is privileged and white and has all these things, the only way no, I know how to safeguard myself from becoming even more of that and doubling down on my white privilege is to open myself up to the things that I am not so that I can continuously pull myself out of that kind of magnetizing just, well, that just makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Well, no, because you haven't opened yourself up, Drew, to all the realities that are out there. Yeah. And you know, and we'll, we'll be done here because we've already kind of gone over time, but you know, I think one thing that's interesting is, is walking at this and saying, are we okay with the understanding that this issue may not ever be right and wrong? And I'm not saying that right and wrong doesn't exist because it does. Right and wrong does exist. But I think there is a lot of gray. And is it possible? And I think, I think it's one thing to have an opinion about an issue. But I think this is a game changer. And, I, and this is one thing that I, I wish we would do differently. And that is this, can you find it within yourself not to think the way that they, that someone else thinks? Can you find it within yourself? Yes, to even say they might be wrong, but can you at least get to the place of understanding, I get why they think that way. I get it. I get why there is that belief. I get where they're coming from. Doesn't mean I agree with it. Doesn't mean I like it. I get it. And again, there is some black and white. There is some right and wrong. I 100% get it. But with a lot of our stuff, can we get to a place of saying from the right, listen, I'm not, I'm not a big believer in abortion. I'm not saying this is my opinion. I'm saying I'm speaking on behalf of someone that would be coming from the right. Listen, I am not a big believer in abortion, but I can understand why people do it. Hey, Corey. You know, as we wrap up, one of the things that popped in my heart, I, I heard this a long time ago. And this person said, in life, there are some tensions to be solved. And then there are some tensions that we just manage. Yeah. And I wonder, and I believe that I think this discussion is one we end up managing because of all the very nuances that go into that. And I think that's a great way to, uh, to maybe approach this and understand that. Yeah. And that, and you know, I, I, you know, I love the movie Lincoln, you know, it's interesting watching the politics of that day. And you think there were people that, and I think we can now stand and look at this 200 years later and say, that was a right and wrong issue. Yeah. You, you don't want to be on the wrong side of that one, but in the time, I, I mean, it was, you know, there was change and it was challenging or whatever, but those guys hated each other, like hated each other. So this whole idea of, of, um, polarization in politics this has been going on for a long time this is not i think the you know with the advantage or invention of technology and social media it's just giving a lot of people a voice to to publicize things that they believe 
people have been believing strongly about politics for a long time. That hasn't just happened. But I guess my last question, and we can wrap this up, would be, what do you think, because you, you mentioned this before about how, you know, there are tensions to be solved and there are some just to manage. What advice would you give to the person that's out there today that is strongly left-leaning or strongly right-leaning? And they're saying, I, I am not going to be moved from this position. Like, how would you help them to just say, hey, would you consider this thought during these next six or seven months for your own sake? Because my guess is there's a pretty amount, those of us that believe strongly about politics, it's a pretty good chance that we're probably miserable a lot of the time when we find ourselves thinking about all the things that we hate and can't stand. Um, what advice would you give people today in regards to how we navigate these next six, seven months? Yeah, you know, I think the way I would look at it is I'm not asking anybody to change beliefs and I'm not asking anybody to switch sides. I'm not here to prove anything because the way I see it and even my interactions I've had, you're not going to change a far right thinking person and you're not going to change a far left thinking person. But what we can do is live in such a way that if you truly value those things, whatever side of the aisle you fall on, if you truly value that, the way in which you live is all we need to see on a daily basis. Yeah. And for those individuals who would just open themselves up and, and be intellectually honest with themselves and why it is people would stand on the side that they stand on, getting to know people's story can help change everything. I love that. Well, man, I appreciate you coming on and having a discussion. I, I, I don't think we solved any problems today. I, I, in fact, if anything, there, they, we, we may have opened up more can of worms than we, than we Great. I love uh, it. solved anything. But, but I think that's kind of part of it. You know, I mean, these are going to take some discussions and if nothing else, you know, I, I'm sure that I have people listening to this that are, far right leaning. And I, I sure, I'm sure I have some that are listening that are far left leaning. And I just want you to say, or I just want you to know that I get it. And, um, I probably pissed some people off today. I, I I'm sure I did. And that's the thing about being in the middle is that, uh, it, it kind of backfires sometimes because you, people that are in the middle get, uh, get, get looked at from people at both sides and say, it's not enough for you to not be the person that I don't like, if you're not for us, you're against us, so to yeah. speak. Um, so I, I, I know we open ourselves up to that and I completely understand it. I just, I want to get to a place of being able to care about people, show empathy. And man, I just, I just want to create a world that people can first choose kindness towards others yeah. first. So thanks for your time, man. Dude, thanks for inviting me on, man. I'm glad I got to be a part of it. Well, guys, this has been the Chasing Better podcast. And if this is something that added value to you, if it's something that you found intriguing, if it's something that you uh, think would help some others, I encourage you to uh, download the podcast, share it, give us a rating on iTunes or on uh, um, Spotify and any other places where podcasts are listened to. And uh, as always, I, I hope that uh, today and this week you pursue becoming the best version of yourself. And uh, we only got one chance to live it. Let's live it, Chasing Better. Have a good day, everybody.
I dry my tears, cause I'm right here. See, I'm singing and dancing, loving, outlasting, striving, providing, I widen my horizon. I'm chasing better, chasing better, 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 I'm chasing better.